Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name is Katie and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. Before I get into the interview, I wanted to give you a little look into my life. This will only be a small window, but I promise you will get to know me better as this podcast continues to unravel. This will help you understand some of the things that I'm talking about with this week's guest. So anyway, when I'm not working on the podcast, I'm a professional dancer with Neos Dance Theater. I spend Monday through Friday in the studio rehearsing with the company. So that brings me to this week's guest. In this episode, I chat with Mary Elizabeth Fenn. She was a dancer at Neos, the company's resident choreographer, and after time grew to be a good friend and mentor. This interview was recorded a few months ago, so since then, Mary Elizabeth has decided to venture off on her own to delve deeper into choreography. In this conversation, we chat about how she found choreography, challenges she encounters, and what her creative process is like. I hope you enjoy our conversation! On today's episode, we have Mary Elizabeth Fenn. She is a dancer and resident choreographer at Neo Stance Theater, as well as my coworker and dear friend. Welcome to the show. Hey. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's say that you don't, you're at a party and you don't want to talk about dance or choreography. How okay. do you introduce yourself? Oh, man. Okay. I would say hi, I'm Mary Elizabeth. And I'm from Wisconsin, but I've lived in Ohio for like three years. And I really like um, being weird. Mm-hmm. And I like uh, just creative things or going to movies is like my favorite thing. And I, yeah, I kind of just want to be grounded and mm-hmm. know what's going on but I tend to be quiet so Mm -hmm. um yeah if I didn't want to talk about dance I guess that's what I would talk about no I think that's good because I that's kind of a question that I like because it's uh stripping away like your job like a lot of people are like yeah I work here blah blah blah, when they introduce themselves so I think it's cool to strip that away and see what else people come up with kind of um so I guess I just want to talk about your um, approaches to choreography and all of that kind of junk. So I'll start with the first question. So how did you first get started in choreography? Choreography? Uh, So I think since I was like super, super little, I would just make up dances all the time for my mom. Mm -hmm. And I would like put um, her clothes and like dress up and like I it was really specific about what I wore mm-hmm. and I get really angry if like she picked stuff out <laughs> like
like really angry. Um, and then even at school in kindergarten until I'd say third grade, I had like a private club that you had to audition to get into. <laughs> um, and I would make up dances and I would bring a boom box. And like I didn't tell my mom about it. She found out like through a... Um, a parent-teacher conference and was like, did you, they were like, did you know that your daughter creates dances on our students at recess? Um, and then in third grade, one of the teachers actually had me choreograph a dance for our music performance. And then I remember asking, or it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I asked my mom, I was like, what is the name of someone that makes up dances? Because that's what I want to be. And we had to like look in the dictionary and I wrote down choreographer. And so, what? yeah, yes, yes. And then I, like, drew a picture of myself, and it was me with a beret and, like, a director's chair and, like, a stick cigarette holder, and that was me. So, uh, yeah, and ever since then, I really, I've always just wanted to make up dances, and then I, like, got into dance, obviously, and um, mm. kind of went that route. And I think I did, I, like, when, once it started to hit really serious ballet, I kind of held off. I would still, like, from time to time make up my own things. And at, like, CPYB, I would, like, secretly go and choreograph on my best friend. And then, like, Marcia would walk in and we had music on that she would not accept. So I remember, like, running and hiding from <laughs> that. So that was terrifying. Um, Elias. Yeah, but it was like David Gray, which isn't rebellious right, music right. whatsoever. And that's how I, yeah. I had no idea you were that young. I know, like, I was I, I was thinking about it even today. I was like, wow, I've really been wanting to do this forever. <laughs> yeah, and that you're still doing, doing it. Doing it, Because yeah. there's so many people who are, when they're young, they have something that they want to do, but they don't do it. I know. It's yeah. kind of like the... Thing, how you start out as a young kid with all of these ideas and your ego hasn't gotten the best of you yet and it's hard to hold on to that right you know what I mean I do know what you mean um I feel like that Lacey Phillips what's her name Korean native yeah I, okay I cool so. she talks a lot about how she wishes that people would raise their children to um grow in t or like to see what their um, passion or what their purpose is mm -hmm. and like f help facilitate that and I feel like my mom kind of honed in on that like she never I don't remember her telling me like go make a dance like I would just do it mm -hmm. and then I think she just kind of saw that that was my thing yeah and then like groomed around it and like led me to that direction so yeah, I can't imagine not doing what you don't I mean I, I took like a couple years off so I guess mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it feels like to not do it but yeah that would suck wow. I definitely think that would suck yeah that's really cool yeah um so what was the first um choreography project that you encountered uh I would say first one that like is legit I guess I, or not legit but I had to choreograph a solo for my friend to get into Juilliard summer program mm -hmm. and that was when I was like 14 and she got in and one of the teachers at CBB saw it and she was like you should choreograph for um I don't even remember what it's called it's like showcase at the end of the year um mm -hmm. and I was like yes but then I left so I didn't <laughs> um that was yeah that was my first I'd, I'd say thing that like other people saw oh okay cool. yeah um 
Did you enjoy that process? Yeah, I think because it was my, like, best friend, so mm-hmm. it was just like, do this, and, and it was, yeah. Yeah. It, we were just it kind seemed of having, natural. Yeah. Yeah. Just having fun with it, yeah. too. Um, so, when you embark on a new choreography project, what is your approach? Okay, so, my process, I'm trying, well, okay, this is, like, really what happens, I I always search or like manifest that I want more choreography projects and then I get one and I'm super excited for like the first hour (laughs) and then it kicks in where I'm like shoot I have to do something so I avoid it at all costs like I don't think about it at all Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do it and I like complain about it to everybody (laughs) and I complain about it in my head and then when it really gets down to like a week before I have to do it that's when I just am like I don't I have to go I have to do it and usually my first thing to do is go to a library or even in my own collection and look at children's books Mm -hmm. and I look at pictures and I just see illustrations and I'm like cool I'm just trying to create movement just trying to get something in my head and I'll write down what I see from that picture and then it generates like more ideas and then I try to string what exactly I'm trying to portray or come across in the choreography project and have it tie in with what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. in my head um and then it's just a lot of research uh and it's really whatever words come into my head like right now I want to choreograph a duet for Allie and Caleb Mm -hmm. and I'm really trying to write down as often as I can whatever comes to my head because usually I'll be driving and I'm like yes that's great that's great and then the next day I'm like okay I want to want to work on what I thought and it not it's gone yeah you forgot right um in the Joan Didion book uh the year of magical thinking she talks about that that a good writer is someone that has their notebook and pen and writes it down Mm -hmm. I thought I was like yes yeah like I always have a notebook but I tend to not always write down those things I'm like oh I'll remember it right and then you totally forget yeah you have to get into the habit of doing it yeah um So, yeah, that's the process. And then it's, like, listening to the music the day of, usually. I don't, I can't, as much as I wish I could prepare and have it, like, all done, Mm -hmm. I never remember it. So, usually in the early, early morning of the day of, I'll sit and work on it for two hours, and I'll have, like, a chunk of material that I can be confident and go Mm -hmm. into the studio and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then it kind of just unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. Like, the first day is always the, like, the scariest yeah. moment of your life. <laughs> um, but then it's, like, you're in the pool, and mm-hmm. you're in it, so it doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be good no matter – I mean, it's it's not good or bad. It's just it's going to be something. So that's the most exciting part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about teaching, too. Like, you, okay. when I have to go teach a contemporary class, mm-hmm. I'm like – Oh, I really don't want to do this, but then when I start doing it, it's really fun. Good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I get that way with teaching, too. I I wish that fear wasn't there. I feel like either if there was more of a ritual or, like, a ritual so that you felt that that was your solid ground. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, knowing exactly, like, okay, I'm going to have a cup of tea, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to breathe. And then it's just going to be okay. Like, I'm going to ride with the anxiety instead of really trying to resist it. Like, that's my my goal this year. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Tyler kind of talked to me about that. Tyler uh, Schneez. Schneez <laughs> dancer. Um, uh, he was like, I think you should develop a ritual so that 
it doesn't seem so foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you have done it a lot, it's always to your brain a new thing, and then you have to be the best. But if you're like, hey, we've done this, you know that you'll have this tea, and you'll be, I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Um, and when you said something about riding with the anxiety being, yeah, I like that because a lot of people are like, push, push it away. And and I think you should experience it sort of in a way. Yeah, I do. I think it's hard when you're in that moment Mm because right now that sounds awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm just going to ride with it. But Mm -hmm. once it's there, I don't, it took me like the last year for, uh, Mike, to keep telling me, and my mom, they were both like, you do this every project. Like, you don't, you resist it, you resist it, and then you're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't. But I do. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite project that you've worked on so far? Ooh. Yeah. I would say, it, you actually haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. It's my. It was my second senior project. Um, so I did a senior project for credit my junior year and then my senior year, I didn't need to do a project, but I was like, I'm going to anyways. Um, and so that was in college and I did it based on my mom's sisters and I used text and I used my friend, um, who wrote poems for each aunt of mine. And I had this hat, a remote control hat, like it was under... uh, there was a hat, and um, underneath the hat was a remote control car, and so it looked like the, the hat was, like, moving all mm, over the stage, wow. and that piece went to ACDFA, mm-hmm. and it got chosen to go into the gala, and then uh, you get to meet with the adjudicators, but they don't know who's who, and they just um, give their feedback. And when they gave my feedback, like any, this is like a kind of a sidetrack, but any day I have like a bad day or like I'm really down, I think about that day because it made me feel like, um, they were just talking about my piece and they, this guy was like, I have to meet this choreographer. Like I have to be, I want to have lunch with them. I want to be inside their brain. And it just felt really cool. Like my cast was sitting next to me and you couldn't show like any signs because like it's like this really strict thing like the adjudicators can't know and they were all like squeezing our hand or like my hand and it was just it was it was a really cool experience I still went into that definitely like I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. but it was super organic and I loved the people that I worked with um they were five people that one person was my best friend and then the others were people that I really didn't know and I wasn't super confident in them, but they took the roles. And I, it was like a community that made that piece. Like mm-hmm. I had a, an acting professor come in, and I had my friend that like, it was it was amazing. I really liked it. Cool. So yeah, that was my favorite project. Have you ever done that one again? I have, yeah. Um, so Neos did it um, like four years ago, and that was different. And then I did it again when I went to New York, and I put it on five men. Mm. And that was really interesting because the men were all alphas, and, Mm. like, they did not want to be, like, in sync. And I had to really know how to work with them. And luckily, they're all my, like, really good friends, so I know each one of their personalities. So I had to really – I molded that piece around them so that it fit, like Mm – 
for in order for them to all to be together, I had to add in, okay, someone say up and like have it mean like sisters and they go up. But that wasn't really it. But right. it worked because yeah. So yeah, I've done it like um yep, that's cool. And you have to adapt to the different people that yes, you have. Definitely. That was yeah, that was something I learned. Mm-hmm. Because I kept thinking like go I kept uh, comparing the first cast to Neos, and I—they they weren't the same, and I should have really realized that. I don't know why. Yeah, that kind of comes back to being present yeah. with who you're with and what's going on. Yeah, not comparing. Yeah, cool. Um, so when you are blocked, how do you get back into the flow of creativity? And what are some of your practices? How do they help? Okay. So when I am blocked, I would say. I I try to meditate because I know there's no way I'm going to think myself out of it <laughs> because I'm just going to make myself go away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I usually I love going for walks. Walks are like the best. And cleaning. Mm. Cleaning is a big thing. Like I remember in New York when I had like a block, it was actually for the guy piece, for the like sister thing. I like went home and I was crying because it was the night before the show and I was like, I don't know how this is going to look good. And so I just cleaned for like two hours. And I remember there was a roommate there and I was like, I got it! And he was like, you figured it out just from cleaning? And I was like, yes! And it worked. So I have to also remember that. That's another thing. I forget that cleaning actually really clears my mind. And yeah. So cleaning and meditating. Yeah. And I'd say a walk. A walk is always awesome. Mm -hmm. Walking yeah. and cleaning are basically meditative activities anyway. Definitely. So. The repetitive kind of, mm-hmm. like, the motion of that. And it also um, breaks it down to, like, the single flame. Mm-hmm. There's this, there was this workshop that we took in college from a Cirque du Soleil, like, casting guy. Mm-hmm. And he always said that the base of any creation that Cirque du Soleil does always starts with this idea of a flame. You want to boil any idea that you're trying to come down into one single flame. Mm -hmm. And I always think that's super, that's a really great base. And I think a lot of people want complex and they think like, okay, what grand idea must I have? And like, how can I make it entertaining for this person? And how can the dancers be? And then it just kind of gets outside of it. And then you got to always go back down to just that little candle. Yeah. And it makes it feel like you can do it. That's cool. I like the image of the flame. Yeah. Um, So can you talk about some of your favorite memories that you have from choreographing and being in rehearsal? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Let's see. I think favorite memories, probably during, I think, Creole Cinderella. That's really fun. Like, even the the first year, since it was on a small cast, um, it was just moments of laughing mm-hmm. a lot and yeah, like laughing till I'm crying. <laughs> like that's when you know, it's like cool. Like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter who, like if I'm laughing, like that's and it, because it's my creation. Like that's what's cool. That's what's, that's my thing. That's mm-hmm. my, um, creation, uh, baby. <laughs> um, and then even this last time, um, creating or not creating, but, just working with the company, like I would say the very beginning, like two weeks, not so much. It was not very fun for me, at least. It was more like math. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have to go home and I had to like relearn it 
and then be able to know it with the music and the counts and know everybody's role and then teach it. So it was just kind of stressful. But once that was all done, then it was so fun. Mm -hmm. Then it was like cool. I get to see, I get to make sure that these people know what I want and be clean and let go. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I saw it, and that was the best. That like that's the coolest feeling to be able to know that like you're putting on the layers and it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think, yeah, a lot of I actually a lot of the things at Neos has been really fun as far as I can think. Like after the initial like getting it done, mm-hmm. like even like Nip and IP, um, just playing with characters and like nothing in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and even Nowhere was really cool. I don't even know if you guys saw Nowhere. I saw Nowhere. nowhere? You okay. guys did it the first summer. I was okay, here. cool. Um, yeah, that was fun. I liked DP. I liked DP, this, the summer route, but I liked the first route because Tyler was here, mm-hmm. and it was really great to be able to talk to somebody about it. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved being able to talk to someone afterwards. It's almost like having that parental dance figure. Right. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe if you have ever thought of having, like, an assistant or something that could give you feedback or even, like, learn some of the stuff to help, like, take some of it off of your shoulders. Right. I've worked with my friend Molly because she gets my movement, and I know that she... I trust her. I guess mm-hmm. that that's like the goal, and like I'm, she's a choreographer too, and I like how she creates. And she and I have worked on numerous projects where I can't be there, and I'm pretty sure she probably hates it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know, right? But um, she'll take on that task, and that it feels good. It's just also like I, I like being there, mm-hmm. you know, like. Uh, but I'm sure that would be super helpful. Mm-hmm. I would also feel like um, scared, like I'm not doing enough. Right. That yeah. would be really hard. I think. I think it I would be really mm-hmm. helpful. Oh, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. And especially if you guys were on the same page. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would people? What would you say to people who are interested in choreographing but they're scared to start? Scared to start. Scared to start. I would say go out and watch what you like. Mm-hmm. Like, um, even if it's something that you don't like, figure out what it is from that performance that you can see and like what you can be inspired by it. Mm-hmm. That's something one of my professors taught me in school was that there is no bad dance. As much as she also would say that there is a lot of bad dance, it's all in that way that you look at it. Mm-hmm. So she was like, so say that it is a quote-unquote bad dance. You can go ahead and during that performance as an audience member, um, see how they're applying like the, um, what is that, Laban, Laban, not Laban notation, but for... Baratania. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I can't think of the word, but it's how like each movement has a texture. Mm-hmm. So like a pressure, either it's like a slice or a jab. Um, so she's, she like mentioned to us as um, writing audience members, um, when you watch a performance and if you don't like it, 
switch your toolbox. Like, use it to see, okay, this person is really giving this kind of dynamic mm-hmm. instead of being like, well, this is boring. Yeah, I don't want to watch I'm not it. taking anything away from right. it. Right. So, um, yeah, I would suggest going and seeing anything. I think even, like, plays really inspire me or mm-hmm. movies. Um, and then I say go into a studio and just play around, but I don't even do that. I My thing is going out and dancing at the club, like, out, out. Yes. It doesn't have to be a club, but it, like, that is my thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I love. I feel like that's when I really, I don't think about anything, and stuff comes out, and then you see other people, and it's just an energy, and you can hone that in. And then the next time you start wanting to create a piece, like, think back to that night and be like, oh, I remember, like, this vibe that I had, this motion, and then it kind of just bleh, comes up. <laughs> yeah, that's actually something I wanted to talk about Ooh, cool. later, but it okay. came up now. So, okay. um, why is uh, it important for professional dancers to go out and dance recreationally? Oh, okay. Why is it important? I think because you are out of your head. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in the studio, that is not necessarily work mode, but it's a different, you're accessing a different part of your brain that mm-hmm. I feel like when you're out recreationally, um, it's almost like a meditative state or mm-hmm. like a trance where that, that thinking goes away. Yeah. And I feel like that's a practice that some people aren't naturally inclined to do. And it's actually hard for them to just shut that off. Right. Um, but I feel like the more that you push yourself into that mode, you're going to know how to work that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've never actually thought about that until now. And I remember a therapist had mentioned, like, that's what med- even dancing and not thinking about things does. Mm-hmm. It, like, shuts down one part and then this whole other area, like, glows. And I was always like, wow, I wish I could apply that to when I'm actually in the studio. But I don't, we wouldn't. I think you need both. Yeah. I, I think living in that cloud-like state, you're never going to have the other. You're, you you won't to, be tangible. You have to be balanced yeah. and grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to go dance really soon. I know. With when me. was the last? You weren't there. That's oh, why I was like, we just went out. On it was New Year's Eve. Eve. Uh, but you would have loved it, Katie, because we went out the night before that, and we went on New Year's Eve. Shucks. And it was just, it's, yeah, that trip was really fun, just because it was like, you're with people uh-huh. that you, like, you all get each other. Like, yeah. we work every day together. We're like, um, and then to, like, release it, and you can just feel like everyone is really happy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and I, I feel like it's just knowing how your body moves because you can know how your body moves doing ser- someone else's steps, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's such, like, gold knowing mm-hmm. how your own and how you can apply that into the studio. Yeah. It, it, I think people are so scared of it that no. it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. really. I totally get that. Yeah. And so many dancers are just doing what they're told exactly and not applying different ways that they could add their own right um their voice yes their voice yeah their voice Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's also the culture like dance especially in ballet like you want to fit into a box Mm -hmm. really kind of 
um, until I feel like you grow a little bit older and you start to see like, oh no, this is how I move and this is the way that like looks the best on me. Um, but I feel like going out and dancing totally lets you speed up and know how you look good in mm-hmm. a certain step or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Um, what was, what do you think is one of your biggest challenges when you're choreographing and how do you overcome that? Biggest challenge is, uh, I guess it's the initial, well, there, I think there's two things. One, it's that initial that, kind of process mm-hmm, that I was talking right. about that I think is the hardest thing for me. Um, and it's the hardest thing because I know in the end it's going to, like, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. That's the hardest part. Like, I just keep fighting with myself. And then the other part is seeing in my, like, while I'm actually in the process, let's say, like, we're already in the studio, it's seeing what's in my brain and then getting that onto the dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even I went to go see that Brazilian contemporary company that just came in, Gropo Copo. Or oh, yeah. Grapo. On s- Sunday? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't remember, but they did so many partnering things that was like insane. And like, I was just watching and I kept thinking like, wow, I bet they spent a lot of time in the studio figuring that out. And that is one thing I don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, a choreographer and maybe, or a dancer. I'm not sure as a dancer, but as a choreographer, I really don't like spending time on things, <laughs> which Tyler has said, like, you need to really dive in and like, work on things for a while mm-hmm. and I, I just I I know why I don't like to it's a fear thing like I want the dancers to have it and like get mm-hmm. it out and move on to the next otherwise yeah. when as a dancer I know when I'm standing there I'm like done right like, I mean I'm, it can be frustrating for the choreographer and dancer true. but it's also yeah really beneficial it is it is and I have to remember that so mm-hmm. yeah I would say it's that taking the time yeah <laughs> taking the time right and um, just in dance in general, um, when you're working and I feel like it's such a, like a rule almost that dancers, like you have to get it right away. Exactly. And it's like a stigma if you don't get it right away. Uh, and like, there are just dancers who might work at a different pace and that maybe they come to the same product or something. I think, um, what you just said, like, I remember being, like, 13, and I couldn't get, like, a step that day, and they cut me mm-hmm. from that thing, and, like, that, I think that's always in the back of my head. Yeah. Like, you, like not that I think that's logical anymore, mm-hmm. but it, I think it's a fear that it's, like, okay, I have to do this, otherwise I could get, like, put in the back. <laughs> right, and then that makes you even more nervous. Yeah, and, and then so. you never really do the step well. <laughs> yeah, as well as you could if right. you didn't um, have that fear. Yeah, but as what you said about dancers that like, as a choreographer, I mean, obviously, because I work with Neos, I'll, like, that's the only people that I work with, so, um, well, I've worked with others, but mm-hmm. I feel like you build a rapport, and you know mm-hmm. who takes longer, and you know, you you have confidence in those dancers, that's and true. then, so, that part is fine, like, yeah, it's just, if you don't see it after, like, two weeks Mm -hmm. you're like all right we gotta switch that up because it's not coming and like I've tried so many different approaches Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have anything to do with whether the dancer is good or bad it has to do with like either communication or it's just not working Mm -hmm. so that's not yeah it's true yeah uh what is your favorite thing about choreographing 
favorite thing about choreographing is creating a world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I think it's why I probably like watching movies because you get to be submersed into a different world, and it's probably why I like children's books as mm-hmm. like the first process because when you're looking at them, I mean, usually most of them have like all these detailed like images or just like silly things. Um, and that I feel like is how I probably just process my day to day is like silly and quirky and like and colorful. (laughs) And that's what I project as a choreographer. I think, I mean, that's what I'm trying to, and I'm pretty sure that comes out through it. I think so. So, Yeah. Um, even in like things that are more serious, like Mm -hmm. DP or like nowhere, like that stuff still has my signature into it, mm-hmm. just a different texture. Yeah, you're so cool. but yeah, that would be my favorite. Being creating a world, mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> Other than choreographing, what are some of your favorite creative outlets? Okay, I love podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we drive all the time, so I'm obsessed with podcasts, yes. and I really like listening to people that um, want their audience to live their highest self or be Mm -hmm. their highest self. Um, Sometimes, like even yesterday, I kind of get like overloaded or overwhelmed with that idea because I'm like, is this, is this my highest self? Like, am I doing it? And Mm -hmm. today did I do that? And then I got to be like, whoa, chill out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, podcasts, books, I'm huge. I love reading. I love reading books that are basically the kind of the same podcast that I'm drawn to, like self-help or yeah. mindfulness. Um, but I also like um, books like the Joan Didion one where mm-hmm. um, it's, it's nonfiction, but she's like a journalist um, and giving her insight to um, things that are happening in her life, like grief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just like absorbing as much as I possibly can on mm-hmm. things that I like. Um, movies, totally creative outlet. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, movies, I love doing, any, or like seeing any kind of indie film. Some, uh, But I like going to movies. It's really hard for me to watch Netflix because my phone's there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a rule at the movie theater, like I'm not going to do that. Right, no and, one can. Right, right, true. You get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like going to movies by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I lo- as much as I like having Michael along, like I love doing it by myself because it feels like I'm sucked in and like I feel independent. I don't know. I feel like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Something um, that you can have yeah. just yourself. Yeah. Um, oh, and I do have to say uh, yeah. for the listeners, Mary Elizabeth is probably the person who introduced me to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then ever since then, I've just been super obsessed. So you can thank her for this podcast that you're listening to so yeah just had to say that um so you I know you have quite a self-care um ritual um you're into that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. how does that help you show up for your day-to-day work that's good um well it makes me I don't, I, I become like more aware because I've taken moments to set myself up for being present or knowing what I like and what I don't like. So I guess my like, 
the routine always it's changing like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't even do one and then I like really feel out of place and then um like right now um I've been getting up and like setting a candle lighting a candle and then like saying a prayer and then um I'll do either a 10 minute meditation then or I'll read a little bit and do like three pages like the artist way kind of thing mm-hmm. but I haven't read that book so I don't <laughs> really I'm just putting down whatever <laughs> um like dumping out yes um and then I'll probably read again and then if I have time I'll take a little bit of a bath and probably even do a meditation in there um and then take care of the dogs and like walk I always think the walk with the dogs is like some kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it just gives me um, time for myself. And like when I didn't have anything like that, I felt depleted. And like my only time for myself was really being on Facebook and like mm-hmm. zoning out on Instagram. And right. that doesn't feel nutritious, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it has really, in my like work day, it just makes me I think less angry even though I still get angry but um in my head I'm less like I don't want to do this right now because Mm -hmm. I've already taken time to do stuff that I actually really want to do and like soak it in Mm -hmm. um and I feel like it also just opens up more connectivity or connect connectivity to the universe (laughs) my mom says connectivity so I don't think it's a thing but whatever um but yeah, I feel more open and like things are more are like synchronous, synchronous, synchronicity, synchronicity, synchronicity. <laughs> um, uh, comes in more. Like what I'm like reading about that morning, I'll hear on the podcast later that day, and I'm like, yes, that's so cool. It feels like school. Yeah. Like it feels like I'm constantly learning, and I like being in that zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you do like during the day where you can't? You can't, when you're in rehearsal or something, you can't leave and, like, go meditate and take a bath. Like, anything, (laughs) and you're, like, getting really frustrated or something. Like, is there something that you do? Totally. Um, Actually, I just talked about this with Bobby. Um, (laughs) I've been, the past couple of weeks, the same thing, like, phrase has been said on, like, podcasts, on something that I read, on something that came up on Facebook. It's that an emotion goes through your body for only 19 seconds. So you just need 19 seconds to feel it. And then you have the choice of either sitting and like soaking in a bath with it or like letting it go. And so one of the ways to like let it go or acknowledge that existence of that feeling. So say I'm like really like I don't want to do this anymore in rehearsal or something. Mm -hmm. Like I will pause. If, I, if I've caught myself, it depends. Like, if I haven't caught myself, then who knows when it's going to come. <laughs> um, but I pinpoint where I'm feeling it. Like, usually it's uh, up here. Is this, like, the solar plexus? I don't know what this is. Um, the heart My chakra? Ch- there you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> heart chakra. Um, I don't think that. I just pinpoint where it is. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here. And I feel it here. What color comes to my mind? Uh, blue. Um... And I'm trying to think, could I name it? Is it, like, fuzzy? Is it, like, jaded? Is it rough? Um, Just trying to, um, like, categorize it so it's not this fleeting, like, "Mm, amoeba of things. It's now has a place, and I can be like, you can go. You're free to go. And I acknowledged it. Uh Yeah. So that I'm just gonna say I don't do that every time though but I did notice I think I did it yesterday so that's cool cool I want to try that <laughs> yeah yeah I like that 
Um, so I'm going to kind of go away from choreography a little okay. bit. And so as dancers and being really any artist in general, we can't just have our art to financially support us. True. And so we have to um, have second jobs, sometimes even third jobs. And so we, for dancers, for us specifically, we wake up and we go to rehearsal until four o'clock and then we go teach or go work at a restaurant and we don't get home until late. We don't eat dinner at the right time. So how do you deal with that and not get burnt out? Right. So, yeah, I would say that's been a process. It's a journey. It's mm -hmm. still like in progress um, because I know like my first year at Neo's where I really lived off of like my own income, um, I, so I would do rehearsal and then I had like a teaching job every day. And I definitely got angry and like I finally just had to say like, okay, next year I'm only going to do three days. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even think that happened. I think I went, I did four days and that was still way too much. Um, and then this year I feel like it's a nice balance. Um, I just teach three days and it's not for more than three and a half hours, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. And I also have asked for money or income for choreographing. Mm -hmm. So that has helped. And that's why I can cut back on teaching. Um, obviously, I would love to just choreograph and dance. That yeah. would be my sole thing. Like, mm -hmm. um, like even yesterday. No, actually, yesterday was a good teaching day. But the day before that, I just didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to go don't want to go I don't want to go I don't want to teach which is crazy because I think I'm a pretty good like influence mm -hmm. in class like I'm real I'm always pretty present and I'm like animated and I'm excited and like after teaching I'm always like yeah that was awesome yeah so I don't know I toy with like I am good at it but is it what I'm supposed to be doing because mm -hmm. I don't think I don't know in my head I don't think you should be thinking should you be doing that you know, it, yeah. should, you should, it, it should just be like, okay, like, this if is my thing. joy. Yeah. Um, so. Well, sometimes it's yeah. not, even if you do enjoy it in the moment, sometimes you just want to go home and, like, be a human being. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, even dancing and, and like, that's choreographing. Okay, yeah. yeah, that is, I have to know that that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, but as far as, yeah, as being burnt out, if, if, if it's, like, a really hard week, I usually... I try, like, even this weekend, um, I was like, I just want to have one day where I, we don't go out. I don't want to go shopping. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit at home and watch movies. Mm -hmm. My mom actually instilled that in me. Like, we used to, like, until I was 18, it was always, like, this thing called a veg day, and that's Sunday. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you don't do anything. You watch TV, you eat popcorn, you stay in your pajamas, you're on the couch, and, like... I think with our schedule, like, that's super, that's mm -hmm. really, I think it's really helpful and needed just to, like, be yeah. a human and really, like, soak up that humanness. Mm -hmm. um, and setting boundaries. And setting, yeah, yeah, because it's definitely, like, I can even see on my planner right now, like, there are lots of Sundays that I've filled up already. Uh. Um, but it's money. That's true. <laughs> so. That's, like, you have to hustle. <laughs> um. Yeah, I that I 
guess that's how, like, it's just kind of how to schedule it. And then I really have liked having a bigger break from Neos into teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, that feels really good to, like, have at least a half hour just to sit, like, even in a car. Yeah. And, like, have the chair go back and, like, have time to eat and have, like, a cup of tea. That is, like, a million dollars. Because it used to be, like, as soon as you're done with Neos, even leave early from Neos, and then, boom, you're in a studio. And then, boom, you're back home. And then you got to go to bed and do it all again. Right. Well, no, no time for even breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what are some people, who are some people in your life that keep you inspired? Tyler. Mm -hmm. Totally Tyler. Um, we don't talk, like, every week or anything like that. Like, sometimes we'll just check in, like, via text, and it'll be, like, something funny. But even that's, like, inspiring. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, yes, I'm funny. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes, like, if I haven't hung out with anybody, like, you forget, like, I don't know, you get wrapped up in like, okay, I'm going to meditate or I'm going to do this and kind of get so serious and I'm a dancer and a choreographer, but um, he definitely inspires me as a dancer, as a human with humor Um, and uh, he and I just talk so differently about dance than like I have in college or in like ballet training. it's more very much somatic and like not heady but how to use your body in a way that isn't making shapes Mm -hmm. and how to feel it and like really what is it so that I don't know I can have a conversation like we had a conversation like three weeks ago and like I still it's in my I'm like rattling all these ideas like I wrote down all the things we talked about and like I still rattle and like try to smooth out Mm -hmm. what that was and that to me is like that's a cool relationship to yeah. have, and I'm so grateful that there's somebody. Um, other other people, I like my rolfer. Oh yeah, yeah. She uh, inspires me every day, basically in class, because of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. It's oh, I I would say I see her like three to four times a year. Um, and I saw her in January, and the things we talk about you would love. Like we talk about ghosts, and we <laughs> talk about spirituality, and um, we talk about the limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. and then we also talk about how you're, how to move with ease, and, yeah, she get, like, this last session was mind-boggling. I, like, looked at her with my eyes, and I was like, you just told me something that everybody, goes against everything I've ever heard, and it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, you inspire me, I mean, like, because uh, you're so funny, <laughs> and, like, mad, and seeing, like, how you guys, both of you guys move, and how you're not afraid to be yourselves mm-hmm. whatsoever, and, cool. um, yeah. Oh, um, for those of the listeners who don't know who Tyler is, we've oh, mentioned yeah. him. <laughs> I keep looking towards the computer as if, okay. hi. <laughs> um, Tyler, we've mentioned him a lot, a lot of times so yeah. far, and he has been at Neos a couple of times, right? Yes. Uh, like twice, yeah. and he did like some yeah, workshops with us about improvisation. Um, so yeah, just so you kind of know what, who we're talking, talking about, about a little bit, um, yeah. and maybe sometime I'll have him on the podcast. <gasps> that would be so yeah. cool. Or, and your offer, maybe. Yeah. Oh, can I mention, and Mike. Oh, Mike of course. definitely <laughs> inspires me. Uh, he's just a grounded person, I think. Like, mm-hmm. um, And he just, 
what he sets out to do, he does. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, wow, every everything seems to come so easy to him. Because mm-hmm. I always ask that. I'm like, don't you get, like, freaked out? Aren't you in your head like, rah? And he's like, no, I just do it. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> That's um, just... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I think, yeah, he, like, he's cool. That's a good balance. Yeah, I think so. Yes, definitely. I think that we are, yeah, like we came together to teach each other certain mm-hmm. things. So cool. And it's very apparent, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so why is it important to have interests outside of your dance career? And what are yours? I guess we've talked about them kind yeah, of with... Yeah, but um, how do you make time for them? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one because especially when I was younger, I didn't value that at mm. all. Like, dance is it. Like, mm-hmm. it's ballet. And um, I do know that, like, my mom, um, like, as she was raising me, would kind of always say, you need to have friends outside of dance. You need to have friends outside of dance. Um, so I'd always keep those two separate. And then I think... Um, and I went to CBYB and I really couldn't like your life is like ballet so mm-hmm. it was just my dance friends but I always chose people that were freaking weird and like <laughs> that we could be weird and they eventually never went on to be dancers mm-hmm. um, but yeah they were great and I needed them mm-hmm. because you have to have some kind of outlet mm-hmm. um, it can't be it's just like that balance thing like mm-hmm. it's the good and the bad but not viewing it as good and bad, just having another side, mm-hmm. another way of, another perspective. Um, and then, yeah, I get, I, I, I didn't get into, like, hobbies or anything like that until I actually, a boyfriend mentioned that. They were like, you don't have any hobbies. And I was like, well, that's because I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that person was really into video, like, videography and music and creating their own things. And so... I started to, like, okay, well, if you're able to do that, and had this other, like, um, athletic career, uh, I was like, I can do it. So then I started really getting into videos and, like, music. Uh, I, like, became obsessed with music and just Mm -hmm. finding what I liked. And that's where it just kind of became a goal to find what I like. Like, there was this thing before Pinterest. It's called Stumble Upon. Oh, I used to look at that. Yeah, I would, like, stay up till, like, 6 a.m. just being like, yes, I love this. This <laughs> is so cool. And then it kind of just came into, like, even clothes. Like, I would only wear, like, Abercrombie. <laughs> um, and then uh, it just, it kinda, someone mentioned, like, you don't dress, like, very well. And I was like, you, and I'm like, what? I wear Abercrombie. And they're like, no, like. I don't know your style, mm-hmm. and that kind of pushed me to be like, okay, I'm going to dress what I like, mm-hmm. and so I think that is why I think it's important to have things outside of dance, because obviously I like dance, but that doesn't make me me, like yeah. all of these other things do, like family, and like for a really mm-hmm. long time, uh, like when I lived at home, or even when I was at Neos, like I would always go home, family hasn't been that big thing, but that was one of the first things Tyler said. Um, when he and I kind of just started becoming friends, he had like known me cause I was older mm-hmm. and he was like, I never knew you were a family person. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it makes the whole, like I view, view it as like all these little planets that are mm-hmm. helping you. It's all about help. Yeah. yeah. 
and your job doesn't define you. So. Right. Yeah, no way. I would, that would drive it. No, I would be really unhappy. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about your interest in non-concert dance. So dance that doesn't happen on a stage okay. or anything really traditional. Okay. So what does that mean? Like... Because haven't you said that you, no, Okay. haven't you said that you wanted to like maybe have a, I think I a dance thing in your house? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I thought you were Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so yeah, I definitely, I think, I think for me personally, I, when I'm sitting in a theater and I'm watching dance, like even on Sunday, it was great. It was awesome. But after 30 minutes, like, I felt my eyes being like, mm-hmm. so when I go to see things like, there's this um, immersive theater company that I saw them do. It's called um, Then She Fell. And it was my first experience seeing dance and theater in a space. It was like this abandoned ho- hospital. And you had only 15, like, audience members, and you had to walk around, and you were pulled into different rooms, Mm -hmm. and, like, there was just this story going on, and they would give you, like, little, like, tincture, tinctures, tinctures, I don't know, little cocktails, okay, (laughs) Um, but it was, like, Kool-Aid or something, but it was with the story, and Mm -hmm. then they would give you, like, little appetizers that was with the story, and so it made it seem like... It was like a pop-up book coming to life. Mm. And that, it goes back to that whole, like, kids, like, Mm. children's books and you're being submersed into this world, but you're really in the world, not just from a perspective. Like, I don't know, just to, it doesn't even have, you don't have to touch it. It's just viewing it on, like, it's, like, all the the way around. All the way around. Mm. It's going to say 3D, but. And not having, like, a separation in between the audience and the stage. Yes, not, like, yep. I think as a – I feel like it's our job as an audience if you're sitting, like, okay, I'm – this is my job. I'm going to sit. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you're walking and, like, seeing it, like, I don't know. I feel like they're playing off of how you're standing Mm -hmm. or, like, if you're really closed off, like, the audience Mm -hmm. really can get into it. Yeah, and experience it more. Yeah. And I just – I've always, I've, I've felt as an audience member going to those kind of things, like my energy is way up and I'm like so engrossed. Even there was this thing, it was like on Mike and I's second date. He took me to like this secret um, concert series that you could, you only knew about, I don't even know how he knew about it, but you get, you got an email invite and then you show up and like I think only 20 people are invited and you just pay for it with a bottle of wine, and you sit in someone's house that's, like, a really nice house, and you watch this concert go on, and then you can talk to other people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, Uh, just because you're you're in someone's house, which I always think is super cool, (laughs) Um, just to get, like, a tour or Mm -hmm. see how other people live. Um, And that it's bringing, it's like a live art museum kind mm-hmm. of, and you don't have to feel like it's, like, can't touch it. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. Um, oh, okay. So that's pretty much all of the main big questions that I have, and now mm-hmm. I want to move into kind of a little rapid, like, short question situation. Cool. Okay. Okay. So how do you unwind at the end of a long day? 
I I eat. <laughs> I eat and I have a cup of tea. That's the new thing though. Mm-hmm. That's like recently this month. And um, either Mike and I sit on the couch and we talk. But some nights it's not like every night. Or we'll sit upstairs um, in our bedroom and just sit and talk. That's like the best way to unwind for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike is a early, like he goes to bed early. So sometimes I'll like have a party by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go into the bathroom and I'll spend like an hour in there. And either like soaking my feet or painting my nails. And watching like a Netflix, like just self-indulgent mm-hmm. stuff that only I can do right. by myself. Or like that, it just, it feels fun for me. And like taking a bath. Mm-hmm. But that's not like every night. Like it switches. But mm-hmm. I would say the most common thing is probably Mike and I sitting and talking. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite book? Favorite book? I'm going to say The Alchemist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say The Alchemist. I think I knew that. Okay, cool. Listeners didn't know. That's cool. It's okay. Um, yeah. What is something about yourself that you wish people knew? Ooh. That I wish people knew? Like maybe something that people would never assume about okay, okay. I don't know if they don't assume it, but, like, I I feel like I definitely pers- try to, at least, that I'm always energetic and, like, hyper and up, but I definitely am not. Like, I, I'm sure at Neos you guys probably know that, like, I have different levels. <laughs> um, but I, I've known, like, different groups of friends to be like, you're always so hyper. I'm like, nope. Like, mm-hmm. I cry all the time. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and there's a dark side, definitely. Like, I can get into that pretty heavy. And I wish that I didn't, but I think I need that in order. I don't know. I need it for something because it's happening. So I think it's just all these less, like, a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Yeah. I guess that that's what I wish people would know. That multi multi faceted. Mas- yeah, faceted. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, one place in the world that you want to visit the most. Oh, okay. Well, it just popped into my head, so I'm gonna have to say Iceland. Definitely, mm-hmm. I want to go to Iceland. I've always wanted, like in college, that's when it started because they have a really cool dance company mm-hmm. that does like crazy things. But then Iceland just seems really cool and it sucks because now everybody wants to go <laughs> not that like I I mean I'm sure everyone wanted to go when I right thought of it but um yeah and I really want to go to Bali these are all mm-hmm. places that people are like that's okay okay yeah it doesn't take away from okay that at all uh your perfect day so no work or obligations perfect day no work or obligations okay is to sleep in and let's say I don't sleep in, but I get there. I don't. I don't have to get out of bed. I sit and I read a book. I have tea. I have a huge breakfast. That would be amazing. And like in bed, and I would be like everything from like pancakes, eggs, but like healthy pancakes. Mm-hmm. So like coconut and egg, um, and like banana, um, and eggs and like guacamole or like avocado and toast <laughs> I'm just naming breakfast things okay mm-hmm. um and Mike is there and let's say we start ta- like planning a vacation or something mm-hmm. that would be so much fun like a vacation to Bali <laughs> wow 
Um, but not too in-depth because I get overwhelmed and it's not fun at all. Just like, hey, let's go here and let's stay here. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what happens. Cool. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I would say um, hanging out with a family. I love, like, a picnic. Or, like, we do um, grill outs. Like, that would be amazing. And then I would love to finish the night off going out dancing. Perfect. And somewhere in there reading something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already did that in the morning. True. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. One famous person, dead or alive, that you would want to have dinner with? (laughs) (laughs) We're not really necessarily famous, but just someone that you look up to. I don't know. It would. Okay, I'm going to say two people. No, I'm going to say. Okay, Elizabeth Gilbert, because I think her mind is. um, I just. Everything that comes out of it, I'm like, wow. Mm hmm. You're awesome. And Alexander Ekman, because he's freaking cool, and he's my age, and he's a choreographer who I just would want to know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, one piece of advice, like life advice for the listeners to take away. Oh, okay. One piece of advice. It doesn't have to be super deep. Okay. Anything. Um, Figure out what you like. Mm -hmm. Not... I mean, like, really what you like. I feel like that, like, just opens up your authenticity. Because mm-hmm. if, you, yeah, but it can't be, like, I'm, I shouldn't put boundaries on it to say, like, you can't be trend. It can't be trends. But maybe you do like a trend. But being super genuine with it mm-hmm. and being like, yep, this is what I like. Cool. Yeah. I really like that. Okay. Cool. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so how can listeners connect with you? Oh, can they connect, like, on Instagram? If, yeah, if you want them to connect oh, with sure. you. My Instagram is kind of, it's just my dogs, really, and Mike <laughs> and I. Um, Facebook, I'm on Facebook. Okay, well, that's everything. So cool. I was, I'm really excited that we got to do this. Me too, um, that was really easy. I liked it. Cool, yeah. yeah. This is awesome. Okay. All right, well, I'll see you later. Bye, Katie. <laughs> Bye.